Are you not entertained? Yes. God knows how we'll do it without Andy. Right. Yeah, I know. I have to figure something out. I'm like, just entertained by your headband, but, you know. Ah, oh, dude, that thing is integrated. Uh, the, the, the headphones and stuff are in the headband, and it's like, I got to wash that headband because it's starting to, uh, <laughs> starting to get a little right. Starting to reek a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, how the hell am I going to do this? Do we have to figure out how to do a scratch and sniff podcast? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It's to smell Kirsten's sweaty head, scratch number three. <laughs> how about no? Yeah, that sounds pretty awful. No, thanks. I'll take a big old no. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 589. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. To smell Dr. Vlarg, scratch number five. <laughs> <laughs> And we're here to talk week and geek. Uh, this was supposed to be uh, the return to our live show this week. We we aimed for it. it. It was all set, you know, where all of us in the same room. Well, most of us in the same room. And uh, I I started coming down with a little something, and so I thought that's that's best not do it this week. So yeah. we don't have Andy this week. He's in Florida doing his fair caricatures. Yeah. And uh, and and Matt can't handle the dander of Kit, so uh, he, he bowed out. <laughs> You denied me my uh, getting to quote Penn and Teller get killed, Todd, because we didn't do the live show. <laughs> the, the Are We Live screen? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, feel free. I'm not going to stop you. Well, but we're, Penn, we're not Penn live Teller, in person. Yeah, Penn and Teller quotes are always welcome. That was such a fun movie, uh, you know, and, and like nobody knows about it anymore. That's true. It is, it's kind of lost to time. The, the Penn and Teller fans know it, and that's about it. Yeah, how easy is that to get a hold of? I haven't even looked at. That's an excellent I, question. I, I doubt it's streaming anywhere. Maybe it's on Tubi. I've never even heard of it. Penn and Teller get killed. Oh yeah. Huh. Hmm. yeah. Well, apparently you can rent it on Amazon Prime Video or iTunes, and as far as online, that's the only one. Oh, you can also rent it from YouTube, but those <laughs> are the only ones I'm seeing. No wait. There's the last one. Apple TV is all the way at the bottom. You can rent it on there. All right. So no one has Apple TV. So I have Apple TV. Like I said, no one has <laughs> Apple TV. <laughs> 1989. So it's not included in any uh, services. Not free. You, no. you have to rent it digitally. It's, yeah, it looks that way. Still worthwhile. Z. Oh, Z. yeah. Looks like the cheapest is. Uh, Apple TV and Amazon Prime Video for one ninety nine. Everyone else is two oh. or three ninety nine. Uh, fair at any of those prices. Yeah, yeah exactly. So definitely check it out. Uh, we're gonna do well, what we did geeky this week, guys. But you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and start. All right. It's it's going to be a continuation from something from last week because when I was giving my excuses for not watching Masters of the Universe, it was that it's. You know, my, my Blu-rays and DVDs are all packed up at the moment, so I, I can't watch it because I don't have access to it. But no, here comes Andy saying, no, you can see it on, uh, on Amazon. It's, uh, uh, of 
fine, I'll look. But no, yeah, you can rent it on Amazon. It's not on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. So he, he wasn't differentiating there. So I'm not going to buy something I own. True. But it just so happens that this month, Showtime is showing the original Masters of the Universe movie from uh. Canon Pictures. And so I was able to watch it this week Uh for the first time. (laughs) So it it can no longer be said that Torgo has not seen Masters of the Universe. I had a wonderful introduction due to Jeff's absolute spot-on impression last week. Yeah, right. Uh (laughs) And I do want to give a beautiful shout-out to Pat Spurl for doing his darndest to make a video syncing up your voice with Skeletor from that movie. Hey, for quick and dirty like he did, that was pretty impressive. So uh, hats off, Pat. That's, uh, that was very amusing to me. Yeah. Uh, especially since it just sounds like Jeff slow talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, walking is the one that I've always had trouble with. Uh, we did some uh, murder. The one? Well... The only it's, one? It's the one I've had the most trouble with because oh, okay. we did this whole murder mystery thing one time where everybody had to be in character and I drew Christopher Walken <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no. oh, God. So I'd actually tried to do that one before and failed miserably and not knowing what, I, what to expect that week, I was like, oh, no, please don't let it. It's Walken. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, but like I said at the time, there were a couple of moments, couple of moments where you actually went into walk-in territory, and I was lightly impressed for a short time. But he had to go through the great nation of Shatner to get there. <laughs> I can actually do a better Shatner than walk Yeah, we know. We know. That was apparent. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was almost Shatner trying to do walk-in, basically. <laughs> You're hey. right. There's layers upon layers in that one. That's it's you're just showing off now. No, it's just, you know, not being a performer and, and being put on the spot and going, uh And I love that you're willing to do that. I don't <laughs> for, care. For our entertainment, if much less the monkeys. So anything for the fans. Well not anything. Most anything for the fans. <laughs> what about a walking impression while he's doing Shatner? Ooh, that's meta. Don't do that. How about an impression of Walken doing Shatner? How about Shatner oh, oh. doing Walken doing Rocket Man? <laughs> I think we call that a train. <laughs> so anyway, Masters of the Universe. I finally yeah. see it. Uh, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Really? I was actually entertained. Uh, especially with the early parts, the Eternia parts. Now, once it goes to... Mo- modern 80s US it it kind of falls apart but I really kind of liked the fantasy stuff that they were doing at the beginning and and let's face it Frank Langella is just enjoying himself as Skeletor that's that that's just a joy to watch him just tear that up for for a movie that suffered from repeatedly running out of money uh, a complete was it rewrite of the 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 like the final act um just like you know one thing after another uh it's it's a passable film it's it's for actual he-man fans it's not great because yeah they they take except great exception to everything that that is that movie but uh, as far there, as they uh, what is there to be 
uh, picky about. It's He-Man. It's schlock. Well, Paul's Paul's gone off on a rant about it. You can probably find that in one of the past episodes. <laughs> Paul's but, gone uh, around the bend a while ago. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and few are as deep a fan as Paul is right. of that IPL, right? I'm, I'm amused with having a very young Courtney Cox and Robert Duncan McNeil in the film. Yes. Because... Yeah. You will never look at Tom Paris or uh, the Friends again when you watch that movie. You're like, wow, never the same way again. <laughs> and as much as I love Billy Barty, I I can't say I'm a big fan of Gwildor overall. No. Um, even, no even the makeup of even the makeup of Gwildor, but yeah, the the only point is to have something cute for the kids to laugh at, I guess. Gwildor, you I know, mean, it's like. Was. I, I don't even understand that because it's like, what are the adults there for, you know, He-Man and, <laughs> and Monica Geller? I mean, <laughs> that, that shit always confused me. Well, we need something for the kids. This is for the, this is for the kid, the kids. Right. Oh, uh, well, whatever. Dolph Lundgren was a passable He-Man. Yep. I, yeah. I, I, I expected worse. Yeah. He's not terrible in it, but you can tell that he's just, not sure what to do with the material. Well, there's not a lot to do with the material. It's yeah, yeah. There wasn't Harry's face. There wasn't really a lot of material for them for him to have there, right? It's one of those things that if you renamed all the characters, there's no way you would know it's a He-Man movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's even and that's even keeping the costumes as they are. Be like, oh, Dolph Lundgren, kind of, that barbarian looks kind of like He Man. But other than that, uh, I'm not, you know, Skeletor looks like a skeleton guy, but not Skeletor. Random fantasy movie, yeah. And of course, the the bad guys, the mercenaries, only a few of them were actually based off of He Man characters, like Beast Man. Was but, there a Tila? There was a Tila, yeah. Yep, played by Chelsea Field. Yeah, ex uh, solid gold dancer. Jesus. Yeah, she's she's been in a lot of things. I think she's currently on uh, NCIS New Orleans, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I think uh, she, yeah she's still yeah. had a, she's had a long acting career. Yeah, she I think she made her name in thirty somethings. Sounds about right. Uh, so there you go, Jake. It, the 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 deed is done. I, I have I've watched Masters of the Universe and didn't hate it. Uh, so and again, kind of enjoyed it. It's. Uh, I think my bar was set so low that it would have had to have been a mass proportion of a failure for me to not like it. I don't ever remember watching it the entire way through because I'm fairly certain I turned it off. <laughs> it, was... It, it, it was passable 80s fantasy schlock. Yeah. I yep. think uh, the one time, the first time I watched it all the way through was, uh, I, I believe Jake did a a uh, a geek mon- uh, shock monkey movie night. I'm sure he did. I think he did. <laughs> I had to watch it. Friends were watching it. Uh, yeah, uh, the monkey peer pressure. Yeah. What was it as 80s schlock as like Beastmaster? Uh, I still haven't seen Beastmaster. I'm not sure. What the no. ass is wrong with you? <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. It wasn't. It wasn't quite like that because you know Beastmaster was carrying on the the fine Conan De Laurentiis tradition of make everything look brown and 
as cheap as possible and uh, don't worry about it. And well, they had Gwildor, you know, so they, <laughs> they obviously put more money in, uh, in, in Masters of the Universe. Yeah. So and Langella having a ball. Right. I mean, he isn't he on the record as actually saying he enjoyed the hell out of doing that to this. Day, I thought he, he, still, he still likes it. Yeah. And you can tell because he is he's having a he's having a ball. You know, it's funny you mentioned Beastmaster Cursed. I remember really liking that as a kid. I watched it recently because it was on like late night, and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this since I was, you know, a teenager. <laughs> we were watching it going, this is not great. <laughs> I mean, Mark Singer no. sounds like a, a like a you know an American in this setting. That's who is it supposed to be? Like the far past? Is it present? Who knows what it I, is? Yeah, All right, I don't know. Beastmaster or Masters of the Universe movie? Which one's better? Masters. Holy wow. shit. Wow. Probably Masters. Torgo? Probably Masters. Oh, I've yeah. se- I can't compare it. I haven't seen Beastmaster, so... Ladyhawk. Have you seen oh, Ladyhawk? There's I have not, 80s I, fantasy I, film. I have not seen Ladyhawk, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you seen Willow? Willow, yes. Okay, so Willow or Masters of the Universe? Oh, Willow, hands down. Yeah, okay, well, you're right. That's an easy one. Okay. Yeah, that's really easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's uh, that's not even a fair comparison. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it isn't. I know. I'm just picking '80s fantasy films to try and get, <laughs> well, par- partially because I want to see what the best one is, but really I want to see what else Todd has failed at as a child. Um, so we're going to go with Willow versus Legend. Oh, uh, that that is harder, but I'm going to go with Legend on that one. And I'm glad you Legend. Seen- okay, Legend or Clash of the Titans. Ooh, that's that. That's again really oh, rough. Bringing the hard question. Yeah, you are. Uh, but I'm going to have to go once again with Legend. I think over Clash of the Titans. I concur. All right, and now for the last one, because this is the last one I can think of. Legend or Krull? Uh, Legend, because I haven't seen Krull. I hate you. <laughs> I hate your life. I hate your eyeballs. I hate your childhood. I like them both, but Legend edges out Krull easily. Wow. It's very. What about what about Legend or Excalibur? Legend. Oh, Ooh. oh my! Legend for, uh, yeah, for the cheese. With... Yeah, I still have to go for with the cheese. <laughs> for the cheese factor, I'd say you have to go Excalibur. But for for yeah. actual storyline, I think you have to go with Legend. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Dragon what? Slayer. Oh, oh, oh! It's a good one. Legend. Legend. Dragon Slayer. Legend. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. It, this uh, is getting tight, folks. Legend, Labyrinth. Oh, Labyrinth. <laughs> labyrinth. Ah, there we go. We have a new a new king. Ooh, yep. Legend. Oh, okay, soft, here we go. Soft spot oh, for uh, Jennifer Connelly. Okay, then how about right. uh, Labyrinth or Dark Crystal? Very I'd probably Dark go Crystal. Dark Crystal. Wow. I still disagree. I think Legend is better than that, but yeah, Dark Crystal. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throwing that in there. I, I still have no, a few more 80s, 80s shows to watch. Although, you know what? I, I thought I would go ahead and take the, the reins and fill in another one. However, it was none of those mentioned. And I did see another 80s cult classic that I have never seen until two days ago. And that is Dreamscape. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Oh. That's interesting. 
somewhat forgettable. I can see why it's kind of a cult classic that no one talks about anymore. It has some neat moments, but I can't say it's a super memorable movie, even though there's a fantastic cast throughout it, a Max von Sydow and a young Dennis Quaid, Kate Capshaw. It's, it's fantastic. And when I was watching, I was like, wow, this movie owes a little bit to nightmare on Elm street. Uh, but no, this movie came out three months before Nightmare on Elm Street. So, uh-huh. this, so this, uh, I was when I found that out, I was a little more impressed by it because it does do some of the nightmare stuff really well. If you're not familiar with Dreamscape, the idea is it is a a, a science fiction horror adventure film, uh, the second movie ever to become PG-13. Really? Yeah. After Red Dawn, this was the second one, and. A, a scientist has created a way that he, people can go into other people's dreams and kind of help people with chronic nightmares is the whole idea. You have to be psychic to do it. It becomes a, I, I, I see Kirsten making the, the psychic movements, trying to scanners right. my I'm head. Reading, I'm reading t- uh, Vlarg's mind. It mm-hmm. looks more like you're trying to scanner Vlarg's mind. I was just going to say, you're going to make my head explode. Okay, now, I know you've seen 80s horror films, so I'm not even going to start down that road. I'll bring it on. <laughs> I just don't want to find out that Torgo, who who has made himself out to be quite the aficionado of schlocky 80s horror films, turns out he doesn't hasn't seen half the good ones. And I don't want to know that. So I'll just assume you have. <laughs> I yeah, think it's safe really. overall. Go about my day. Uh, although I still haven't seen Wizard of Gore, I still got to fix that. Uh, I've never seen that. Either. Jesus, it's, a, it's another one that Jake has sent me. <laughs> oh Wizard my god, dude! Wizard of Gore, yeah. it's a classic exploitation film. Dude, that is the sequel to the Gore movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, but going back to Dreamscape, uh, it ends up that this whole. Uh, uh, scientific endeavor is going to be used for assassinating people in their dreams because if people die in their dreams, they die for real, but with heart attacks, not like Freddy style. And the whole thing gets gets foiled. But when they do the dream stuff, some of it's really, really creative. And that's a it's a fun and the Snake Man is a lot of fun. Uh, one thing I did really enjoy, I can't remember his name. Uh, I think his last name is Alan. As uh, the same actor that's one of the bad guys in this is the lead bad guy in the Warriors. You know, Warriors, come out and play. Yay. He's oh, in this guy. too. Yeah, so it was good yeah. to see him. You, you can't David mistake him. Patrick Kelly? That might be right. It's it's a three I, David Patrick yeah, Kelly. Yes, that's it. Yeah. It's it's three names and they're all average, so I forget them. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great, he was a great 80s guy. Showed up in all sorts of little things. 48 hours. Yep. I love that. Dreamscape, the one that real, the one moment that really sticks to me is, uh, is when the old lady, when he kills the old lady in her dream. Yes. That's when, he, uh, that's when the, they're figuring out, can we do this? That's the scene that actually sticks with me more than anything else. He plays the fantastic psychopath. Yeah. So that's that's the big part of what I did this week. So, uh, Barry, what'd you do this week? Well, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. 
So it's not like I, during the end of the show, think, okay, what am I going to do geeky for the rest of the week? Geek is a lifestyle you live and should always live, mind you. And for some reason, I didn't do as much as I I could have. However. (laughs) All right, Dante. (laughs) Wow. Not even going to be here today. Um, Let's see. Now now that the thesis has been laid out, how how, about the body? (laughs) (laughs) While I make excuses for my lack of geekdom, um, I finished my homework and I finished Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix, and I'm not emotionally invested in it. So I can simply say, I liked it. It was fun. I can't wait for the next round of it. You know? Yeah. I'm not too tied to it. So there's some problems, but eh, it was good. I liked it. You know, that's all that's the matter. I'm going to put in a uh, public service announcement for this because I wanted to revisit Jupiter's Legacy. So I got volume one. Okay. And they've rearranged it from its original release. It used to be when they released it, it was Jupiter's Legacy and then the volumes of those comics. Then they released the Jupiter's Circle and the volumes of that. Apparently, they've combined all of them now. And so if you get Jupiter's Legacy Volume 1, it is comics 1 through 6 of Jupiter's Circle, which is the prequel, So, which barely even touches on anything that they did in the show. Wow. Well, so be warned that if you're trying to compare it to the original... Uh, find out what volume actually has Jupiter's legacy in it. And, I mean, Jupiter's Circle is fine on its own, but its I don't think it's anywhere as good as Jupiter's legacy is. You want to look for the ones that have Frank Quitely as the artist, because he was the original artist with, uh, with Miller, who uh, did the, uh, the original um, Ju- Jupiter's legacy uh, start. So basically what they did is that uh, the, the, the graphic novel combines are uh, in story chronological order rather than in publication order. Yes. So the prequel is essentially the volume one and two. And I actually think three and four. I think they don't really get into the meat of it until like five or something. I don't know. I didn't look too closely at it. But Frank Quitely as the artist are the volumes you want. Because so, like every time we talk, watch it in a specific order. No, you don't, because the uh, the um, the prequels were uh, they were done after, so you don't really need them. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I, I feel I feel duped. Well, yeah, I have no got intention duped. of buying the comics, so I'll just enjoy the uh, Netflix series and oh, go about my oh. geeky day. Oh, <laughs> dude, what, dude? The the relevant part of the. The story is very good. It's very good. I'm sure it is. I just kind of don't want to ruin the Netflix stuff for myself now. You know, that's why I'm glad I watched all the. Uh, I'm glad I read all of Invincible uh, before watching the TV show. Wait, that kind of contradicted what you just said, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I read all of one thing before I did the other, but now I can't watch the rest of the TV show. Oh wow! Without I got being you. spoiled. For, you know, I've, I've committed uh, to one medium. You know, I get it. Yeah, I get like, it. Like I've now committed to the online version of Geek Shock, and if I see you live, I'll just hate you. <laughs> Wait, I already do. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. Now you're just a face on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> kind of nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good man. Um, I, I uh, played D and D. I was hired to play D uh, to run a game for someone, and I nice. was putting, I, I was putting it off for. Wow, I put it off for well over a year now. Uh, it's been since like, oof, yeah, it's been at least over a year since I played live D and D. And I've been putting it off because I wasn't vaccinated and not enough people were, but everyone at the table was, and they're like a couple of them were medical professionals. So it's like, okay, this is about as safe as it's going to get. So I was like, all right, well, let's do this. We just ran a one shot and it went really well and everyone was really happy. And I'm thinking it's time to fire up the advertising again and get that going. As I was thinking it earlier uh, today, uh, I got a uh, email out of the blue from someone who has a game shop around here saying he wants to work with me for on something. I'm like, okay, well, this is a sign. I have to get this going again. So I think uh, HoustonDungeonMaster.com is going to get uh, fired up, and i got to start blogging again and get that going. Nice, man. So nice. there's that. And I know I'm going to need some minis painted from someone, but you know I don't know anyone who's quality. So uh... Uh, Yeah, I I. I know some guys at a shop somewhere nearby. They can probably knock it out for you. <laughs> Give you some slop and go. Some slop. Throw some blue and some red and you're good. Screw it. Yeah. All and the blue I, guys are bad. All the red guys are good. <laughs> that's, see, that's it. That's all you need. Yeah, all Color need. differential. Just a bunch of M&Ms. Throw them on the table. Wherever they land, those are goblins. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done that before. Right. And you get to eat them when they die. Yes, all my guys. When you kill them, they eat. You. They they burst into little peanut butter and chocolate candies. <laughs> it's a tasty universe. <laughs> um, and candy. the last geeky thing I did was participate in the pinball tournament, and I did not do well. But oh, this no. time, all my own fault because that table is unforgiving. So this is this is the official Geek Shock Funhouse tournament on pinball effects. Both on PlayStation 4, well, PlayStation, whatever you have pinball effects on, and Steam. And uh, it's, it's going well. We have 11 people so far. And, and it's, uh, it's continuous. It's go, I think it ends on Thursday. Yeah. So there's still time. because We're recording this on a Monday. And uh, I play on Steam, which means I can't be friends with Torgo. And I can't see all his high scores. Which is good, because then that would just make me want to beat all his high scores. Just to thumb it in his face, but I, I, I can't do that because I can't see them, so it's okay. <laughs> so, you, you're oh, you have they control would, of your own little fiefdom. And, and they, uh, would, they would all, they would so gnaw at you. Those scores oh, yes. would, would just... just... Oh, yes. <laughs> that, is, that is a recipe for wasting a lot of time. And I actually appreciated that uh, it was kind of hidden down in the comments, so probably not a lot of people knew this, uh, but Pat Spurl also put a little thing together uh, a pinball tournament of the same table as kind of like a second try for people but i think you only made the tournament run for three days so i, th- I think it's already finished no i uh, did it just before the show and i failed miserably and almost oh. rage so even worse so if it's still going on uh, look look for that in on the uh, comments under the uh, the pinball tournament announcement and you'll find it there and the password for both of those is geek shock and remember, One word. when Torgo loses, everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you sitting Don't so far on the uh, the lineup there? Number Dar- four. Number four. That's where I'm going to stay because I have more chances. That's Number top five. Four. Top five is, is nothing to shirk at. Oh, yeah. Great. Third worst <laughs> loser is great, yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, if you want to 
play, you only get three chances, three full games of it. But you, you know what? Play the single player game to your, your heart's content. Build up uh, tolerance to that table and then give it a shot. Don't just dive right into the tournament. Practice a little. You know what's really interesting? And this, uh, this is a little, little too pinball nerdy, but whatever. Um, when you hold the right flipper on that table and the ball pops out of the, the, the little gully or whatever the fuck you call it, and it just pops out and it hits, goes right toward your flippers, you can, you can hold it there. But on Pat Spurl's tournament, for whatever reason, the ball was popping down and popping up really high. Did he change the physics? Uh, I'll explain how that works real quick. Uh, there is two ways physics wise of playing this game. Uh, there is the normal way of playing it. And then you can do the, uh, arcade style of playing it. If you do the arcade style, it acts as if all the rubber is brand new. And so the ball bounces a lot more. So what I'm doing is I'm doing the normal style and I'm individually taking off all the upgrades, uh, or the way that, uh, Pat did it is he went to the classic style, which doesn't have any upgrades at all automatically, but it also adds the extra rubber physics to it. So it is a whole different physics of playing both of those tables. I'm not crazy. Thank you. I knew there was something weird. Yeah. You're weird. Your mom. Yeah, I noticed that too when I was playing. It was like, oh, he's doing the arcade setup. I got it. Be ready for some bounce. And it's a lot harder. That, yes. that physics is a lot harder. Oh, yeah, it's super hard. I'm like, wh- where is this ball going? This isn't how it's supposed to work. Super so, bouncy. Uh, yeah, that's why I failed at that table. All right, I got one more try. I'll, I'll play it after the show. Here's your telltale on, on which version you're playing. If you're scoring things and the score that you're getting isn't popping up on the table itself, you're playing the arcade uh, version of it, the arcade physics version of it. If I don't even check the, the score. I don't even look sc- at it until I'm done. But not 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 the, not your score on the board. I'm talking score on the table, where the table, like when you hit a bumper, it'll say like a thousand points, or f- it'll just like pop up in the middle of the screen. Maybe it doesn't yeah. do that on Steam. It does that on the PS4 version, though. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to it. I don't pay attention to the score until like the end. That's it does me no good. Safe and sane. Until the rage quits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To be fair, the last tournament, like uh, that I was in, it just it just took. Oh, it was so difficult. So I would just I would play, and then if I didn't get a certain score at the first ball, I'd say fuck it, reset, fuck it, reset, 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 until <laughs> so I get a solid score, and then I'll build on that. Because otherwise, I'm just wasting my time. <laughs> and and that's why I do the three game maximum, because it's at that point better. it's yeah, yeah. You have three tries. That's fair. Three tries is fair. And then as a as where your pinball skill actually is, and apparently your pinball skill is four. <sighs> we have to have a personal pinball tourney. When I come out there, we got to go to the pinball museum, and we're going to play with this very special rules where you play a game, and I berate you the entire time. <laughs> let's let, let's see where that goes. Sounds legit. Yes. The Geek Shock version of Tommy. <laughs> uh, Tommy, can you ignore me? All right. <laughs> nice. Jeff, what'd you do this week? So uh, the first thing, I actually have three things I did this week. Uh, the first thing I did was watch Mortal Kombat. And uh, I got to say, meh. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I was slightly hopeful after Torgo's review. And I'm like, well, maybe it'll be okay. 
and uh, it was slightly less than okay. It wasn't like <laughs> like Mortal Kombat sequel from the '90s horrible, but it was pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 a movie you could easily miss and not feel like you were left out from the Mortal Kombat craze. So, um, would I recommend checking it out? Not really. Would I say you should absolutely avoid it? Well, that's on you. <laughs> but uh, the movie I did see that I really liked was uh, I went and saw Wrath of Man this week, which is Guy Ritchie's new film. Now. If you are a fan of Guy Ritchie, just be forewarned. This is not your standard action comedy that Guy Ritchie puts out. This is a much more serious film, done brilliantly and shot beautifully. Stars Jason Statham, uh, Josh Hartnett, Jeffrey Donovan. The premise is that the um, main character played by Jason Statham, who he just got... They don't really give him a name. He just goes by H in the in the film. His son is killed in a um, an armored truck heist. So he becomes an armored truck guard trying to find out if there was an inside man and trying to find all the people that killed his son. And then so it is a revenge flick, obviously, from the title. But uh, it's a very interesting story it's it's got some action but it's got a lot of drama too and like i said it's a very different guy Ritchie film that you're going to be used to but i do highly recommend shaking it out um i i really enjoyed it so it does it retain that guy Ritchie style it no um i think this is richie trying to show that he has a more serious side and not wanting to be slotted into one style of filmmaking. I'm not. I'm not talking about tone. I'm talking about his camera style because he's known for very stylized camera movements. Um, I would say that taken to another level. Um, like I said, it's beautifully shot. So you have some very interesting shots. I want to say more subdued as far as the actual movement of the camera, but much more eye-pleasing framing. I, I I'm not really sure how to how to address that other than definitely watch it. It's gorgeous. There's some there's one shot that I was just absolutely amazed on that starts at ground level looking at an actor and then goes to essentially what we used to call a helicopter shot looking out over the city of Los Angeles that just really stands out in my mind. And I know they had to do it with one of those drones, but it's just a fantastic shot. So it's stylized, but I wouldn't call it the traditional Guy Ritchie stylized, if that makes sense. Okay. Then I'll give it a shot when it comes to streaming. Because it didn't do much for me because, frankly, all of Jason Statham's films tend to run together for me. I I can understand that. He does tend to play the same type of character in films. But uh, I I mostly went because it is Guy Ritchie, and I, I do really enjoy his films. So... Uh, I went and checked that out, and I, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, knowing it's Guy Ritchie, I'm I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I am I love yeah. his work. Yeah, like I said, the cinematography is just amazing. Uh, and the the third thing that I did this week was uh, the lady and I went to Area 15 and checked out Omega Mart. I want to hear all about it. Yes, oh my I God. also to hear about that. For I saw it on YouTube and it was fascinated. So please, so. 
Omega Mart is a Meow Wolf installation. If people don't know, Meow Wolf is a um, a company does these these kind of living art installations. And by living, I almost mean like almost like an adult jungle gym, if you will. If you ever go to check it out, be aware there is a lot of crawling, a lot of climbing, and uh, a lot of walking involved in these things. So just be aware that you're going to be exerting yourself going to these things. I have to be very careful with this review because I don't want to give it away if anybody's checking it out. But essentially, the premise is there is this shopping uh, center, this this mart, um, you know, kind of an all-in-one shopping stop that has this kind of otherworldly, other-dimensional uh, element to it. Typical of a lot of Meow Wolf installations, there's a lot of hidden doors, a lot of hidden passages, a lot of things that aren't what they seem as you go through it. Now, there is a story and a puzzle to solve in this one. So be aware of that when you go there. Uh, we spent three hours plus in there, and we thought we did everything, and it wasn't until we were both just to the, almost to the point of exhaustion from all the walking and climbing and so forth that when we tapped on, I thought we'd done the final thing and checked our progress and saw that we were missing like three things for the puzzle to Aha. solve. So, and the puzzle is solving this storyline that goes on with it. And I don't want to tell you about the storyline because uh, it's definitely something you want to check out on your own. But, but it's something the, you can track your progress? That's interesting. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's these little computer stations when you get when you when you get in uh, you get into the mega the Omega Mart you're you take on the role of a, a new hire employee and they give you a little uh, employee badge and the employee badge allows you to access the employee computer which is what helps you track your your progress so the storyline is very interesting it's definitely Meow Wolf because there's a lot of strange kind of otherworldly elements that you go through uh, I mean. But just the layout of it was incredible. Uh, it's huge. Uh, it's like three stories high. There's all these crazy hidden passages, um, all these secret areas that you have to find and access to find out information that helps you along the, the puzzle storyline that you're trying to solve. Uh, we had a blast. Uh, we we want to go back because we still feel like even with all the time that we spent there, that we had to have missed several things, not just the three uh, parts of the puzzle that we we know that we missed. But I'm excited. Definitely check it out. And if you're going to Area 15, just be aware there's so many other crazy things to do there. Um, they have like three different VR experiences. Uh, they have right now through the, uh, I believe the July 9th, they have this interactive Vincent van Gogh exhibit that looks incredible. We were going to do that, but we were just too tired. Um, if you're a fan of uh, the soda company Rocket Fizz, they have one of those in there. They have a um, kind of club slash uh, classic arcade area where they have all these playable classic arcade games. They have uh, an axe throwing area that you can do if you're into that. There's a, there's a couple restaurants in there. I mean, list goes on and on. They have a a zipline style roller coaster that runs around the ceiling of <laughs> Area 15 that also has two tracks. So if you want, you can actually erase a friend 
on this zip line roller coaster as, as you're going around the top of this uh, this big giant building that Area 15 is. There's a lot of stuff to do. You can check it out on their official website, uh, or you can download the Area 15 app on on your phone. Uh, but so much crazy stuff. We we want to go back and do like several of these things. So, but Omega Mart definitely go check it out. Have walking shows. Have walking shoes on uh, with closed toes because there's some slides they will not let you on if you um, have open-toed shoes. We found that out the hard way. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, definitely have uh, clothes that are made for lots of walking, lots of climbing, lots of crawling. So yeah, definitely go check it out. Man, I'm jealous. Kay, what'd you do this week? Well, I uh, got shit in my pants scared, so I guess that was something. Oh, okay. Kind of geeky. It was just the other night, and it was, it was like one, it was like two in the morning, and I, I uh, had slept for a little bit, woke up, couldn't get back to sleep, so I came downstairs to just uh, have something to drink. And I was just sitting in the uh, TV room. I hadn't even put on YouTube. I was just sitting there thinking, uh, do I go to sleep? What do I do? And I hear tapping on my window. And it's it wasn't like fingernail tapping. It was pad of the finger, thump, 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 thump on the window. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And it came again, and it sounded like, you know, thump, 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 thump. And it's like somebody... Sound like somebody was at my living room window. And so I get up and I got like ice creeping down my spine because I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And I see Kit sitting in front of the window with his tail like three times bigger than usual. And the thumping I was hearing was him <laughs> thumping the, the window because there was a cat right on the other side of it. And he was like trying to get at him. And it was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, because that was it for a while there it, for a minute there. It was like, there's somebody at the window. This doesn't sound good at all. At what point did so, he turn to you and say, never more? <laughs> yeah, no, he he didn't. He went to uh, rap tap, rat tat tapping, tapping, tapping on another window. And then he went <laughs> to the back door and then he went back to the kitchen and. I finally just opened and closed my back door, and it scared off the the cat that was in the backyard. <laughs> but that was freaky weird. <clears throat> yeah, I can see that. I don't know if uh, if this is geeky either, but I, I I went and bought a bed in a box. Oh, okay. Oh, I need a new mattress. My my uh, the old king that I used to have, I was a mistake, and it was not the right kind of bed. And then um, the last bed I saw too much adventure. Yeah. And then I got, you know, I actually got rid of it and brought in my old bed. So I've been sleeping on my old bed and my back has been a nightmare for the past month. It's been giving me all sorts of troubles. So I've been researching beds, mattresses. When I dog sit for Francine and Jerry, their bed's awesome. And so I finally like pulled up the sheets this last time I was uh, dog sitting. Check it out. It actually was Serta, um, a Serta Bellagio Lux. It was the it was the mattresses that Serta made for the Bellagio Hotel. Hello, Mister Fancy Pants. <laughs> yeah, really. But 
you know what? It's a damn good bed. So I was like, oh, I wonder how much this costs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for it. Well, I find out they don't make it anymore. So I'm trying to find a bed. I'm trying to find a good bed for my back. I had researched certain foam beds and certain types of beds like Casper or Purple, as well as uh, regular types of beds uh, from like Sealy or Serta. And I went to Costco today to renew my membership and pick up a rotisserie chicken, and I passed by a big pile of Casper boxes. And so I looked at it. The price in Costco was uh, a lot less than what you would have to pay ordering online. And I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, fuck it. And I put it in my cart. Uh, 150 pounds. Oy. Casper, the 150-pound ghost. <laughs> They're pretty heavy. So I get the cart out to my car, and in no time at all, I, I parse out. It's not going to even fit in my trunk. Then I'm trying, well, maybe I can get it through the side door in the back seat. And I'm like wrestling with that. And my back is finally starting to feel better. So I'm like getting all happy. And, and this is just not helping. <laughs> this son of a bitch is hard to move around. But every time I move the box, I could feel thunk, thunk, thunk inside. And I'm like, okay, it looks like it's smaller than the box. So I undid the box and I took the bed out of the box right there in the parking lot, got it in my car, finally got it home. I have a hand truck at home, so I was able to get it uh, inside the house. Then I had to kind of like roll it up my stairs, <laughs> which was fighting, fighting physics every step of the way. And then you have to unwrap it. So you got to unroll it. I had to pull my old queen size off of the, the box springs. I had to unroll the, the bed. And then you, you just slid it. And you hear this as it starts sucking in air and as the foam bed begins to expand. And this was a 12-inch thick foam bed that had been rolled up, you know, well, smaller than Barry's head. So, <clears throat> well, that's not that small. <laughs> Almost everything is smaller so, than Barry's head. This is true. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I actually uh, got that finally unfolded, and whew, it was just like, wow, that was uh, that was a lot of work. I gave it a little <laughs> test run. I did a twenty-minute uh, nap on it. And it feels nice. We'll see how it goes over the distance. But boy, I hope this works. And I'm hearing, I've heard, I've researched Casper. I've heard good things. I've heard some bad things too. But so far, um, the bed is not showing any of the bad things I read. So I'm hoping I lucked out and got a good one. So there you go. Speaking of beds, I would like to hear what kind of geeky sheets did you have as a kid? Now, I had Empire Strikes Back sheets as a kid. And more recently, as an adult, I had uh, we I bought a, a Ravenclaw. Uh, what do you call it? Quilt, I guess, for Deb. But I realized, I guess, I kind of have to sleep under it too. Uh, <laughs> so we don't use it very often. It's not as comfortable as what we have now. But uh, I, I own it, and that's what's important. I had Pac-Man sheets when I was a kid. Nice. Oh. 
Uh, my mom found it like it's one of those weird um, Salvation Army finds. They were brand new, but they were still in the uh, the package, and they were I think like four or five bucks. My mom bought them. They they were great. Um, just it was cool. Is it the whole sheet was essentially the Pac-Man grid with all the little dots, and the ghosts were randomly spaced throughout the the bed sheet, and uh, you know there were little Pac-Man all over the the thing. It was pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. I look back fondly on it. Okay, any nerdy sheets in your history? All I had was from when I was really, really, really young, and I had uh, Mickey Mouse sheets that we'd gone that we'd gotten when we went on a trip to Walt Disney World Orlando. But once those were done, it was just normal sheets. No geek sheets for K. Wow. You're never too old for them. I've looked around, but I'm like, what do I get? I guess Empire Strikes Back sheets. The hard part is finding the geek sheet that is also equal to something that is like high-grade Egyptian cotton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I will always side on the cotton. I have never had geek sheets in my life at any point growing up. And it's cool. funny, uh, Think Geek used to have some really cool adult geeky sheets, and now that GameStop bought them, they've all disappeared off their site. Yeah, we, we won't talk about the, the fall of Think Geek. Yeah. That's a, that is a sad, sad subject. Yeah. At any rate, uh, one of these days... Problem. They don't make geeky stuff and fun stuff for adults with, like, class. You know what I really want? I want a really, I want a really nice pair of dress shoes like black patent leather really like almost like tuxedo shoes with heelys in them you know the wheels no you're kidding me <laughs> i want that I want, no I want, you don't. I want you to have that all the heelys are sneakers and that sucks i want dress shoes worth that yeah i agree somebody find barry some uh some wheelie heels for for his dress shoes black patent leather i like how, I like how- Jeff did the geek, the parent of a geek. No, you don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. I definitely want him to have it because I know how much Barry drinks, and that can only end funnily. (laughs) He's not a word. (laughs) It is now, if you're involved. Uh, The Geek Shock Book Club is reading The Android's Dream by John Scalzi, and now it's time for news you don't give a shit about. There's no Andy. There's no scream. It doesn't feel right. You're right. No, you don't give a shit about. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Mrs. Torgo, for that. News you don't give a shit about. Fox Channel is to close in the UK after 17 years as Disney continues to withdraw from traditional television and shift its focus to Star on Disney Plus. For our US listeners, Star on Disney Plus is an included channel on the streaming platform in international markets. In the US, we have a separate service that caters to most of that content in Hulu. Uh, Fox will stop broadcasting on Sky and Virgin Media from June 30th with many of its titles making the jump to star on Disney+. Plus, 
This will include originals such as War of the Worlds, which is about to enter its second season, and tentpole third-party shows like The Walking Dead. The closure of Fox follows Disney's decision last June to take Disney Channel, Disney XD, and Disney Junior off air. Uh, National Geographic continues to broadcast in the UK. Uh, Disney has also retreated from linear TV in other markets, including Asia. So here it is. This, this is the moment where streaming is starting to affect even what channels are available now. Mm. I just yeah. wish I knew what it would look like in the future so I can be ready and, and know when to really stop paying for a million different things. And I already cut the cord with cable, but I'm still paying them for internet too much. I don't know. Frankly, I'm a little jealous on this story. How's that? I would love it if there was a Hulu button in Disney Plus, because this is, you don't pay extra for a star on Disney Plus, it just comes with it. So basically, it's all the stuff that doesn't fit on Disney, you know, the, well, Fox programming, the 20th Century Fox movies, uh, Die Hard, things like that. That's where you go to see that. And you get that with Disney Plus uh, in international markets. But here, you have to subscribe to Disney Plus and Hulu if you want both. Yeah, that, that does suck. It, we, 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 there's no bones about it. This country kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got lucky because um, Hulu... With ads was free with my Sprint account, but I don't know what's going to happen now that they've merged with T-Mobile because T-Mobile proper subscribers have free Netflix. So it's like, okay, am I going to eventually lose Hulu and get Netflix? Uh, I, you know, I just have no idea what's going on with that, with all these different partnerships that are going around. And I lucked out on Disney Plus because I signed up for a free D23 account and got in their their launch deal where I basically got three years for the price of like a year and a half. So if you prepaid it all up front. So I don't know. I mean, with all the different streamers that are around and the way things are, you know, one streamer is buying another and then either combining or separating in their content. I, I, I have no idea what the landscape's going to even look like at the end of this year. Already it's kind of annoying that it's like, what movie you like to? You know, I, I would like to watch uh, Lost Boys. So you have to go onto Google, type in Lost Boys streaming to see the list of who actually has it, to see if you have it on something you already have, or if not, uh, when, frankly, you can just go to your DVD library if it's there. It's, it's, I... becoming, it's becoming easier for physical media than streaming now. So I've lucked out because I have a couple of uh, things that have been working for me. Um, the first thing is uh, Google on my uh, my new Chromecast has um, what they're basically calling uh, Google TV now. And okay. what it does is you tell it all of your streaming services that you have access to. And then it does a um, a curated selection of things that it recommends for you based on what you when you tell it things you have watched whether you liked or didn't like it and then when you click on it it'll tell you what services you can watch it on so if you come across something that you're like oh i want to watch that and then you click on it it you can either take it directly into your preferred service or you can look and see what other services it might be on cuz i ran into this the other day something i wanted to watch was on hulu with ads but it was available without ads on Prime Video. 
So I was like, oh, this is nice. I can go right into Prime Video directly from that uh, Google TV home screen, and I don't have to go in through all of the, you know, I will say the little hurdles that you have to go when you start whatever streaming app that is you're watching. So it's it kind of nice. It is nice they streamline what? that, and it's they kind of do something with that with uh, Cox as well with their system. Right. Where if you speak into its microphone, well, like I did, Masters of the Universe, and that's where I found out it was on Showtime. So I was like, okay, that's we'll go. But Cox, because of competition reasons, don't have all the streaming services available to you on there. So even that is not a one-stop shop for this sort of thing. Right. And not to mention, sometimes the software on the Cox uh, cable box is frustratingly slow. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to watch YouTube on it the other day, and I literally gave up and just hit the YouTube button on my Chromecast, and it went right in, and it's so much faster. And I just, I'm like, nope, I'm just not going to use the the Cox uh, YouTube app anymore. It's just, it was getting so frustrating. I just go through Xbox. It's not too slow. Well, the nice thing with the, the new Chromecast is it comes with its own remote, so all I literally have to do is push the either the home button or the YouTube or Netflix button, and it goes, it automatically switches my TV to that HDMI input, and I can just start watching within seconds. That's pretty nice. Because mm. PS4, yeah, it's all on there, but frankly, some of those apps on PS4 are not well optimized, I will say that. Yeah, I stopped using the MLB app on my PS4 in favor of the one on the Chromecast because that one, it, it took forever to load for some reason on the PS4. And not to mention that, you had to go into that, you had to go into the TV tab and then you had to scroll down and find the MLB app and then launch it. But uh, as soon as it was available on my Chromecast, I was like, oh, I can literally launch it directly from my home screen of the Google TV. So... So get anyway. ready, folks. It's only going to get more confusing as time goes on. <laughs> yep. This you don't give a shit about. In a study published in Med, senior study author Takanori Takabe found that mice, rats, and pigs who undergo enteral ventilation via anus, or EVA for short, are able to take up oxygen via their intestines. Roughly translated... At least some mammals can breathe through their butts, albeit only when a liquid form of oxygen is administered to them. Scientists already knew that a bottom-dwelling freshwater fish called the loach uses intestinal breathing. Uh, mammals don't seem to have this ability on their own, but the EVA process used in the study shows that rodents and pigs, at least, can absorb op oxygen this way as well. The study does have significant implications for those suffering from respiratory failure. This EVA process could be another tool to bring oxygen to someone who is hypoxic or potentially save lives. And more research has to be done, however, until the process can be approved for human use. Quote, despite remarkable short-term safety demonstrated in preclinical animal studies, it is critical to evaluate safety in humans before the approach is broadly applied in clinics, unquote, the study said. So, uh, watch this space as we learn more about our future in butt breathing. <laughs> I was waiting for the joke. I was waiting for it, and there it was. Butt breathing. I got nothing else, but that, that you win on that one. During this whole thing, as soon as you said, you know, breathing via the anus, my mind is going into overdrive. <laughs> like, all right, I need the joke. I need the joke. Where's the joke? 
You found it. You're we're good here. You see, yes. and and we are spared Andy's attempt at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andy's probably listening to this right now, getting super frustrated. Oh, I should have oh, been yeah. there for that episode. Oh, I had <laughs> half a joke. Arr. And my brother who's in the zoo business. <laughs> what? His brother's like in the it works for a zoo. He's a zookeeper. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Come on, Barry. <laughs> Have you listened to the show before? Uh, no, I'm low on oxygen. Well, here's a new way that we can remedy that. Yeah. Open up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> get a nice it's, get a nice long tube and just <sighs> <sighs> Yeah. Here's a little BPR. <laughs> Really well, you know changes what that would mean the for whole... diving? That would be great because then you don't have to have your face covered with this thing. You could just have your, you know, you just have the, uh, the the breathing tube up your butt, and then you can have your full face shield, and it, 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 you wouldn't have to be stuck on around your mouth. That'd be awesome. Sure, sure. It totally, uh, totally redefines ass to mouth. <laughs> Although we don't know the long-term issues with this, it could have its own version of sleep apnea, and nobody wants that kind of snoring. <laughs> what joke? Oh God! And this Why? is the highbrow style of humor you can expect from Geek Shock. There you go. From forever ago till eternity. Uh-huh. News you don't give a shit about. Uh, in the patent palooza, Sony still continuing on. Sony looks poised to break into the gambling industry as it patents its own esports betting system. As spotted by Gaming Route, this uh, patent was granted on May 13th of this year. Along with the patent, there is a description translated from business jargon that Sony is considering setting up a service in which esports fans can watch matches while the same service advertises and hosts a way to bet on the results. For example, there could be traditional gambling with real money as well as placing bets with in-game items slash currency. It's very likely this patent will amount to something, considering Sony's purchase of EVO this March with an event planned for August. If you don't know EVO, that is the big fighting game tournament that happens every year, usually in Las Vegas. Sony's esports betting patent would accept both physical and digital currencies for in-game betting. The system would use an interface overlay to allow gamblers to bet in real time while watching esports games. The betting odds would be determined by artificial intelligence based on the play history of the competing players. As possible wagers, players could bet uh, could bet with money or Bitcoin or in-game assets, digital rights, and virtual currency. Uh, Sony has not released any official statement on the esports betting system as of yet. Yay, Bitcoin. Um... <laughs> I'm not sure why they, you're they, yay. They want. They, it's not a real yay. It's it's a facetious yay. Uh, I I think Bitcoin is stupid. Go ahead at me. No, I, I agree. I realize that some people have made short term money of it, but long term money seems to be a bad idea in it. And yeah. it is a goddamn electricity suck. 
the amount of electricity is for to to generate Bitcoin is equivalent to like a small country anymore. It's it's ridiculous, and not to mention they've started to uh, open up old coal-fired and fossil fuel-fired plants just to supplement the amount of electricity that's needed to to generate it. Yes, they are using some renewable resources to power some of these independent mining operations for Bitcoin, but some of these for-profit miners that are just big companies with a server farm um, are sucking so much electricity, they've had to open up all these these old power plants. I like to think I'm a smart guy, but, you know, I just don't get Bitcoin and crypto. So I had someone try to explain it to me, and I, my eyes just glazed over, and I went off to get a donut. So I, 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 I couldn't. I, did, I don't get it. Your eyes are glazed donuts? What? Yes, asshole. My eyes are glazed donuts. That's what you're taking from this. And that's how much I took from his explanation of Bitcoin. You cannot yeah. care about global warming and Bitcoin at the same time. They're wow. completely I, incompatible things. I don't even understand how one i don't i don't get it i don't get it it's just the amount of electricity generated and if you care about 3d gaming on computers at all they're making high-end 3d gaming cards scarce because they're being bought up for bitcoin bitcoin farms yeah even nvidia is now hardwired into their chips a uh, crypto mining limiter so if you're trying to buy a card to use it for crypto mining it's hardwired into the chipset now Although apparently um, some of the earlier versions didn't have that, and their bet is that people won't be able to tell the difference between the newly manufactured chips and the old ones. So they're hoping that'll uh, you know increase the availability of these cards. But yeah, I've been trying to buy a new video card for my computer because my old one is just not able to to run this soft this uh, uh, video rendering software that I want to run. So. I want to get this uh, a new, uh, you know, not even a, an expensive card, just a reasonably priced, moderate level card, and they're always sold out. Yeah. It's been driving me crazy. Holy crap! Okay, I'm with Barry on this now. It's like I, this conversation just made what little I thought I may have known about Bitcoin even <laughs> littler. I really don't. Un- I mean, I I understand the gist of what you're talking about, but. How it makes Bitcoin is totally bizarre to me. Wow. You got to work your way up. You got to start low with Dogecoin. Then you got to move to Qualcoin. Then you got to move to Kralkcoin. Then you can kind of look into Bitcoin. But make sure you look into Shalishcoin first. The Schlieb comes along and rubs his Flurgus on it. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) I understand. We can get That'll be that. Woohoo. Yay. Uh. (laughs) Schlieb. Sleep coin. That's a geek shock coin. Yes. Sleep, sleep coin. coin. Everyone invest sleep in coin. coin. Uh, on second hand, don't. We don't need the money that bad. Yeah, we do. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, you're going to feel foolish, Todd, when 10 years from now we turn our sleep coins in for millions. We're no, all going to have top hats and monocles, and you're going to have dirty yeah. old rags. You're going to be wearing that Dr. Teeth shirt for the next 40 years. Which she I, would anyway, so never mind. I already feel bad for writing sleep coin down in the notes. <laughs> sleep coins. You know, I just remembered. I have like thirty dollars worth of Bitcoin that I, that, uh, that I got with some kind of weird promotion a while back. I wonder what it's worth now. 
It was Dude, only 30 kidding? bucks, so it was like, eh, whatever. Wh- when did you get it? A while back. I, I barely even remember it. Does it mean like two days ago or? Uh, probably months ago. Oh, it was like, never mind. It was like uh, some kind of a special offer thing. Don't retire yet. No, I'm there not. There you go. That, like I said, it was only was $30 Jeff's, worth, so I'm not. That was Jeff's contribution to Almost Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let me look up, see what it's worth. Oh, while, there while, you go. While, 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 you read, while you read your articles for, for news that we do give a shit about. Right. Three Adult Swim series are getting feature films. The network announced that it was given the green light to a trio of original movies based on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That show ended in 2015. The Venture Brothers, which ended in 2018. And Metalocalypse, which ended in 2013. Yes! All all three films will be released globally on digital platforms and Blu-ray and DVD for an exclusive 90-day window before premiering on Adult Swim and HBO Max. The Aqua Teen Hunger Force project is described as quote, a continuation of the hit animated series in which fans find out what happens next with Frylock, Meatwad, and Master Shake, who consider themselves crime fighters, but the truth is they never fight crime, unquote. Uh, No specific details were provided, and it's unclear how involved the original creators are with the project. It will be the second film of uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh, After 2007's Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters, which brought over $5 million at the domestic box office. Uh, Jeff and I did see that in the theater. Yeah, yeah, we and, did. And it wasn't very good. Yeah, you it was... Uh, it to be good? I expected it to be entertaining. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was interesting, to say the least. It wasn't, it wasn't very good, is the best way to say it. You're right. <laughs> Aqua Teen Hunger Force is best as its current time allotment. It cannot sustain itself much past its 15-minute mark. That's true. When it, when it attempts to draw that out, it just feels like it's drawing it out. What about the other two? Uh, well, who needs the other two? Oh, are you kidding me? We need a Metalocalypse movie. Technically, yeah. they already had one. Uh, uh, Metalocalypse, the Doomstar Requiem. It's like a rock opera. It's a whole thing. It's really good. You dig it the most. <laughs> uh, Brendan Small is an amazing uh, musician, and I saw... Death Clock in concert. Yeah, you, me, and Todd all saw it in concert at uh, yeah, House Yeah, I was Blues there, here. dude. Twice <laughs> I saw it. Oh, you saw it twice? Uh, someone else. Yes. In the Venture Brothers feature-length venture, quote, Doc's latest invention will either bankrupt the Ventures or launch them to new heights as Hank searches for himself, Dean searches for Hank, the Monarch searches for answers, and a mysterious woman from their past threatens to bring their entire world crashing down on them. That's per the official description. It's unknown if the original creators, Jackson, Jack, uh, Jackson Public and Doc Hammer, are attached. Uh, as for Metalocalypse, Adult Swim teases that in that film, quote, the power-hungry tribunal is set to unveil their secret and deadly Falconback project as the world grows in embattled chaos and the menacing Doom Star breaches the Earth's atmosphere while the mysterious and twisted descent of a band member threatens the future of Death Clock. In this case, original creators Brendan Small and Tommy Blancha are developing the film. One day, I'm sure I will watch Venture Brothers. I, I like Aqua Teen. I've, I've loved it for ages, even though I was 
not impressed with that first movie. I expect I know what to expect now in a second movie, so I'll give it a shot. But yes, the Metalocalypse of these three, I'm definitely most excited for. Sorry, I'm just thinking. I'm still thinking about Schlieb cloning and how we can make that work. Oh God, please don't. Well, obviously, uh, Barry, it's the currency exchange on Vanilla Sluts Love Chocolate Dicks dot com. Dick, singular. Yeah, oh, that takes you to a whole different I'm place. So- yeah. yeah really. Oh. Someone else owns the one with the S on the end. Really? Yeah, we can right. only afford one dick. <laughs> well, one chocolate dick. <laughs> Mike the Pike Productions has announced that it has acquired the. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? That's what it's called. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm. Amazed I got that far. Just Mike... bitches, bitches. <laughs> this just sound, doesn't sound right. Whoops. Are you reading the right page, Todd? Wow, yeah. This was sent to us by Mike the Pike Productions has announced that it has acquired the film, TV, and streaming rights to Dynamite Entertainment's classic comic character, Vampirella. Uh, CEO and producer Mark B. Neubauer said in a statement, uh, Vampirella has become, and as of 2021 remains, the longest-running English-language vampire comic book of all time. Its latest run, helmed by Christopher Priest, is the most successful yet, with more issues sold in its 50th anniversary than any previous year, and it continues to gain momentum and popularity as new readers discover Vampirella's timely storyline, unquote. Over the years, and in different publishing incarnations, Vampirella has clashed with the likes of Dracula, dodged Conrad Van Helsing, and fell in love with his son, Adam Van Helsing. Uh, Had some issues with her mother, Lilith, uh, that's the wife to biblical Adam before Eve was in the picture, and took a young punk runaway, Sophia Murray, under her wing, and tangled with Fatoni, a sadistic mafia boss. Vampirella has also made a number of high-profile crossover appearances. Uh, Aliens, Batman, Catwoman, Kiss, Witchblade, Red Sonja, and Archie comics, to name a few. (laughs) The film is set to be produced by Mark Neubauer of Mike the Pike, uh, Nick Barucci, and Juan Collado of Dynamite Entertainment. Kirsten, did you ever read Vampirella? No. No? I was hoping that you would tell me if it's good or not. I only know Vampirella from... Well, the first time I was introduced to Vampirella, honestly, was Comic-Con and watching a bunch of girls wear the costumes and thinking, oh, this must be an interesting uh, comic to read. And then I was like, ah, I, I never bothered. Wait, that Comic-Con was your introdu- introduction to that character? I never got introduced to Vampirella otherwise. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, mind you, I, like you, I've not read any of the comics, but you say Vampirella, I know the image. That's a... Yeah. It's yeah. iconic at this point. When I was a kid, I, I spanked it a few times to those advert images. Do you sure. mean yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kidding me. Inside. <laughs> yeah, no. Never read it. Never read it. Warner Brothers' official Harry Potter store opens in New York City on June 3rd. Fans of Potter can browse three floors of the 21,000 square foot space as they shop for exclusive items across 15 different themed areas. In addition, visitors can indulge in a number of photo opportunities, pose inside of a London phone box, aka the secret entrance to the Ministry of Magic, 
or else see what it's like to step into Hagrid's massive leather boots, which are described as baby dolphins in the first book. Quote, the level of artistic detail and quality of the design inspired by the movies means Harry Potter New York will bring a completely new shopping experience to the city, says Sarah Roots, EVP of Warner Brothers Worldwide Tours and Retail. She continues, with over 1,000 Wizarding World props on display, including some authentic items which were featured in the movies, the incredible theming along with the experiences such as photo opportunities and the fantastic range of products, there will be something special for every fan, unquote. Uh, you can peruse the wand shop for over 50 wands inspired by different characters and delve into a pair of VR adventures, uh, Chaos at Hogwarts and Wizards Take Flight, that allow you to journey to Hogwarts or battle Death Eaters over the skies of London. Uh, should you have the Harry Potter fan club app downloaded on mobile device, you can track uh, your walk around all three levels, tracking down enchanted keys that unlock fun facts, figures, and videos, creating that kind of Disney interaction with their app. So if you're a big fan of Harry Potter, that official store, the first one in the U.S., opens on June 3rd. Cool. I wonder if they'll sell anything different than you can get at the Wizarding World in Orlando. Uh, my understanding is, yes, they are going to have some uh, a lot of exclusive items that you can just only get at the Wizard store there. Oh, boy, now i got to go to New York. Yep, so let, <laughs> yep, so, uh, let Deb know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Barry, yes. Barry and I can tell you the uh, the Wizarding World at uh, Universal Orlando is pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah. Uh, even if even if you're not a fan of the series, the the amount of detail that went into the creation of that and the two different lands, uh, Diagon Alley and um, Hogwarts, uh, not to mention the uh, Hogwarts Express that you can travel between the two, uh, just really, really, they Universal outdid themselves. And you can have a beer there, and it's good yes. beer. And yeah, had, you can uh, hang around uh, uh, Nocturne Alley and just hmm. be creepy. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of that beer that we had, Barry? It was it, it had a name, but it was a, it was a decent dark ale. It was one of the like a dragon's ale or something. It was really something good. Like it was that. really yeah. a solid brew. Yeah, it was pretty good. I just like the best part for me is is being able to just dress up and sneer at children and take pictures of Japanese tourists. <laughs> Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, Barry had his robe on. He had his he had his cane that he just got, and uh, that's right. He, I got the Malfoy's cane. He took his ponytail down, and suddenly everybody wanted to know if they could take pictures with him. It was oh, pretty. Wow. It was pretty funny. Like, can we take a picture with you? He's like, sure. <laughs> I pose and everything. Yeah, but he does that in normal alleyways in Houston anyway, so it's... That's true. It's a different kind of pose, though, Todd. Oh, okay, true. Very true. <laughs> Regina King, uh, the actress from the new Watchmen, will direct a feature adaptation of Image Comics' Bitter Root. The Bitter Root movie adaptation has been in the works at Legendary Entertainment since the end of 2019. King and her partner, Rania King, will also be co-producing, along with Ryan Coogler, uh, Zinzi Coogler, and Sev Onanian of Proximity hmm. Media. Uh, the creators of Black Root, that's David F. Walker, Sanford Green, and Chuck Brown, will executive produce. Uh, Brian Edward Hill, whose previous credits include Ash vs. Evil Dead and Titans, is currently rewriting the script. Uh, Bitterroot follows the Sangiers, a broken family of monster hunters who live during the 1924 Harlem Renaissance. 
The family must come back together and take up their monster-fighting ways once again, however, when an evil force that feeds off prejudice invades New York City and turns people to monsters. In order to stop the supernatural invasion, the remaining Sangir family must overcome their differences and work together to save New York and the rest of the world. The comic was nominated for a 2019 Eisner Award for Best New Series and a 2019 Ringo Award for Best Series. King is best known by comic fans for playing Angela Abar, the Tulsa cop in HBO's Watchmen. So we brought up uh, this show before when it was first announced. This is not show, it's a movie. Uh, but now that uh, Regina King is in charge, it looks like they're really moving fast on it. That sounds cool. I'm interested to see it. Yeah, especially if they do that whole 1924 Harlem thing, which they kind of have to do to make the story work. So right. that, that's an interesting setting for this kind of story. Uh, and I realize that it's, it takes place in two times, you know, the early time of the family doing this in the, tw- in the 1920s and then more modern times. So it depends how much flashback will hearken to that. One of the most beloved shows on Nickelodeon in the 90s was Legends of the Hidden Temple. You might remember that. It had the big Omec face that talked to a couple kids that had to go in and solve puzzles and go through the Indiana Jones-esque obstacle course. Well, now, after almost 30 years, the show is coming back to the CW. The grand-speaking Mayan head, Olmec, will return. Uh, a number of challenges, like Temple Run and Steps of Knowledge, will also return. The major difference is that this will be a competition for adults, not children or preteens. Huh. And there's no current release window or timeline for the show. I, I watched a couple episodes of Hidden Temple. It was, it was for audiences younger than me at the time in the nineties. Right. You know, I was, you know, I'm in you know in college at this point, and I couldn't be on it because I was you know, too old for it. But it looked like fun, and here it is being re-released, and now I, I could be on it, or well, you could be on it, Barry. Yeah. No. <laughs> I not, uh, I was not almost shape on Double Dare once, but that's about it. Remember that show? Yeah, you almost went on Double Dare? <laughs> almost, yeah. I was in the audience for that as a kid. Uh, but no, I was too old for... I was like you. I was too old to, to enjoy Legends of the Hidden Temple. But it sounds like it'd be right up my alley. Although the the type of shape that we're all in, Todd, I don't think any of us would, would survive the, the, the new Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> but what a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on national TV. <laughs> yes. Well, if you die on set, they just feed you to the great Olmec, so... Oh, okay. You you propagate the show. You nourish television. <laughs> <laughs> Feeding the great television. That's that's what's gonna all end up, isn't it? That's gonna it's gonna be all Cronenberg. <laughs> Speaking of Cronenberg, David Cronenberg will write and direct an upcoming sci fi thriller called Crimes of the Future. Kristen Stewart, uh, Leah Seydoux from Spectre, and Viggo Mortensen have reportedly signed on to the lead. Cronenberg reportedly is both writing and directing the new movie, which is far enough into development to target a production start in Athens, Greece this summer. Uh, Here's what we know of the story. In the near future, humans are reaching a moment of biological metamorphosis as people evolve adaptations to their increasingly artificial environment. 
In the middle is performance artist Saul Tenser, who gains fame and scorn from traditionalists for embracing the so-called accelerated evolution syndrome, a condition that allows him to turn his gift for growing and then removing his own organs into a sort of public spectacle complete with his own fan following. Pushing these kind of boundaries draws the wrong kind of attention to Tensor and his partner Caprice, both from the powers that be and the societal holdouts who resist the idea of toying with nature. Quote, while some embrace the limitless potential of transhumanism, other attempt to police it. The quoted synopsis states, continuing, with both the government and a strange subculture taking note, Tensor is forced to consider what would be its most shocking performance of all, unquote. In other words... This is a David Cronenberg film, right? (laughs) Crimes of the Future will also reportedly feature creative reunions between past Cronenberg collaborators, including Oscar-winning composer Howard Shore and production designer Carol Spear, who did Crash and Dead Ringers. Uh, Of course, no release date has been set. Uh, I'm always down for a Cronenberg joint, especially when I know it's going to be a body horror Cronenberg joint. Of course, we'll watch that. I don't even know what it's going to be about. I'm probably not going to understand it. But it's Cronenberg film. <laughs> You're right. Some lasagna, you'll be good. What What are some of you? What is your favorite Cronenberg films? I'll mm. I'll start. Uh, yeah, yeah. For me, it's definitely The Fly. His I, take His take on The Fly is so over the top, amazing body transformation, gross. It's and well acted by both Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. It, it is. It's fun. It's a fun horror movie to watch through your fingers. It's it's just disgusting sometimes for disgusting. I mean, I understand that's Cronenberg, but I couldn't. I almost didn't enjoy it because it was so over the top gross. You know what? Like, I will say that for the second one. The second one is a, a joyless, gross mess. He had nothing is, to do with it that. It is joyless, isn't it? With the dog and everything, I'm like, oh come on, man, that's not necessary. And even the end is just sad. Everything about that movie is terrible. No. Uh, that first, by that first movie, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Scanners. Scanners is a good film. Scanners is a screwed up film. Yes, yes, it People's is. Head exploding and business. It's, come on. That's that's great. I'm Jet, trying to... My favorite? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about Cronenberg body horror, definitely The Fly is the first one that always comes to my mind. But I do remember he directed the the movie version of The Dead Zone of course, Videodrome, which is just really weird for weird's yeah. sake. Yeah. I would say worst Cronenberg film has got to be Existence. If you remember that one from, uh, was that 1998 or 99, I think? That one it's was It's got just... a Z in it where yeah. it doesn't belong. <laughs> I, turned, I, I, did, I said no, thank you. I remember um, Jeremy Irons' film Dead Ringers was another Cronenberg oh, joint. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. But it, but it, was, it was more like creepy for creepy sake as opposed to like body horror creepy. So um, I, I'd say if you're, yeah, I'd, I'd say honestly, if you're just going for uh, body horror Cronenberg, definitely the fly, but I also really do like buried like scanners. Kirsten, do you have a pick? I'm not deep into Cronenberg. So yeah, it's just going to be the fly. I'll never forget uh, when he started removing his fingernails. Oh, God. He's just like, ah, 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 just so painful. <laughs> so, you know. And, of course, thinking, well, there's like 
sure, a, a fly got in the, the little transporter thing, but then again, you know, there's bacteria in the air. He didn't, he didn't mix it up with bacteria or maybe viruses or something, you know, just a fly. Okay. <laughs> it is a little selective. Yeah. So, plus I didn't get my, help me, help me, you know, moment. I really wanted that. I mean, he said help me, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, there's no spider involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, although I will say uh, my, my second choice is not a directing directed film from him, but his actual appearance as an actor. Star Trek Discovery? Nope. No, really? What? Clive Barker film. Can you guess it? Uh, well, it wasn't any of the Hellraiser. I don't think I can guess it without IMDBing it. <laughs> okay. Nightbreed? Uh, yes, you nailed it. Nightbreed. He played the button-faced killer in Nightbreed. Really? Yes. Mm. How did I not know that? have a hard-on for Nightbreed? Everyone who likes everyone's got this 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 big chubby for Nightbreed. Nightbreed this, Nightbreed that. Nightbreed's a great movie. I didn't think it was great. Well, we but we understand that you have a very weird sense of things that you like. That's you don't you like know. eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's my go-to, man. That's right there. In my hip pocket. Always comes back to the eggs for you, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, pretty much. I don't know. Maybe I didn't see it at the right time. Maybe I should watch Nightbreed again. Yeah, Midian's where the monsters live. All right. Yeah, that's your that's your homework to to watch watch that movie and, and not like it. All right, I will. Uh, that'll be my homework. Everyone else will have their own. Yeah, I can't wait not to do it. All right, I had and fun not doing padding. You know what? I started it. I started what? watching Paddington. Because after I was done with between Master of the Universe and Dreamscape, I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can find Paddington. So I asked Cox, I was like, where can I watch Paddington? And it said, right here, for free. Watch it now. And I'm like, oh, I will start it. And then so I started it. Then I saw it was on TBS for its on-demand and I am not watching all the TBS commercials just to sit through Paddington. I'm sorry. That, that mm-hmm. is not something I'm... I will watch Paddington. I, I will not watch Paddington with commercials. That is a step too far. <laughs> just Michael oh, yeah. was apparently doing his homework by watching it at the, the Alamo Draft House. Oh, th- that's what he was watching? Paddington? Uh, at least when yeah. I saw him, uh, I think it was Paddington too. I, I was scrolling oh. Facebook while I was waiting for you guys to call and uh, saw that he was uh, having a beer at the theater watching well, see, Paddington too. And he even said, doing his homework. <laughs> <laughs> see, Paddington 2 is the destination. Uh, Paddington 1 is the path. I am not going to watch Empire Strikes Back before I see Star Wars. I, I've got to see Paddington before I see Paddington 2. If you insist. Sense. Disney's Jim Henson biopic film project Muppet Man is moving forward. They've hired the current War and the Giver writer, Michael Mitnick. Uh, He will rewrite a script that was previously written by Aaron and Jordan Kendall. 
The project is being produced by the Jim Henson Company and will be a live-action film that will, quote, chart the life and times of the legendary puppeteer, creator of The Muppets, Fraggle Rock, and many of the Sesame Street characters, as well as director of cult films such as Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal, unquote. The film will, quote, home in on Henson's journey to convince broadcasters that The Muppets was a great idea and how he worked to get the characters on air where they became a comedy staple, unquote. You know what? I love a good biopic, music biopics. I even like some sports biopics. I don't even like sports. But I think I would put a Jim Henson biopic above every single one of them as far as they want to watch scale. Long overdue. And I wonder how far this will go. What do you mean? Because it seems that the, 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 it's going to home in on his, the early journey, that his, you know, creating the Muppets and doing commercials with them and then getting on to various TV shows and kind of just building up the Muppet brand and getting into the, uh, the, the Muppet show itself. That, that seems like the, the, the height moment because you kind of have another film past that with everything else that he dealt with. Because, frankly, he had a rough time making movies after the Muppet movie and right. the Muppet Why? Caper, right? Because Why? he did Dark Crystal. It didn't do well, right? And a lot of, and a lot of Hollywood lost faith. Uh, Lucas still had faith in him, produced Labyrinth. That didn't do well. I mean, they both found their audiences in the home video world. But he didn't really see success in his other endeavors outside of the Muppets. And then there's this, the storyteller series. You know, there's, there's a lot of story to tell with Fraggle Rock. And then, of course, the stuff that he dealt with up till his end. So there's a lot of story to tell in one movie. And it makes me wonder if this is only going to tell part of it based on how they're kind of just kind of homing in on this early part of his journey. Well, his first mistake was not having David Cronenberg direct The Great Muppet Caper in 1981, <laughs> because that would have been amazing. I I agree. I would I would definitely watch that to this day. I, I, if 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 his son wants to direct it, I I will I will find a way to produce it. Charles Grodin getting torn to pieces, <laughs> or just license out the Muppets to redo popular. Films like The Thing. Oh wow! Kermit up there, you know, in the Arctic, and I can definitely see Disney licensing out the Muppets for that. Yes, I think that would be great. (laughs) What would you license out the Muppets for? Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Blarg. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I want to do horror films. I want to see Nightmare on Elm Street, but like instead of Freddy, it's Fozzy. Oh my God, Muppets Nightmare on Elm Street would be hilarious. I think Fozzy would be more fun as a victim. Let's make Gonzo Freddy. <laughs> so, oh, so that big. Gonzo as Freddy would be like every kill would basically be an accident at that point. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to be your be your friend in dreams, but he's just too dangerous. <laughs> that actually th- I think maybe has some legs there Todd <laughs> that would be good Friday the 13th uh, doesn't work because uh, Jason doesn't really have much of a personality well what if you made Jason Sweetums and he's just basically <laughs> trying to track everybody down like 
hey, come on, guys, why are you running from me? <laughs> okay. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. Do my list of it. Oh, What's oh, that? oh, oh, Hellraiser. Who 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 is the the who is the uh, pinhead? Is it Sam the Eagle? <laughs> no, dude. It, it, it's although the, although the, the delivery is good for that. <laughs> it's the band. It's Doctor Teeth and yes, uh, um, absolutely. Janice and Animal and Rolf. Wait, Rolf wasn't part of the band. Who, who was the band? Well, Rolf it's, guested it's, with them, but he was not essentially part of the band. Yeah, no. Doctor Teeth, uh, Janice, Zoot. And animal, oh, animal, and what was uh, the bassist Clyde? Was that his name? What, I, some, I, I, it was a single name like that. Whatever. I think that's I, right. I'm I'm just uh, going back to the whole Gonzo as Freddy thing, and I'm just picturing the scene where where Miss Piggy picks up the phone, and Gonzo says, "I am your boyfriend now," and his beak just comes through the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I did this week. Okay, um, this is Kiki. I uh, played D&D, but not only did I play d Thank you, Kirsten, for showing me your mouth. Um, uh, God, that threw me off. <laughs> I played D&D online. No, no, I'm sorry. Fuck, Kirsten, damn it! Stop <laughs> looking at me! <laughs> I'm just not going to look at the screen while I say this. Because <laughs> you're just an awful person to look at. Oh, oh, no, oh. put your butt away! <laughs> God, it's a good thing this is an audio show. There's a full moon out tonight. Uh, by Kevin Smith. This is uh, this goes way back. He released some some book of like little essays or reminences or something. And he was talking about uh, <laughs> he was talking about early sexual experiences, oh, and uh, apparently. Uh, his uh, his first hand job was in his bedroom. <laughs> he talks about blasting rope across Darth Vader's face on his Empire Strikes Back sheets, <laughs> and it's just like wow. So that might that might be another reason why I haven't gotten any geek sheets. I can see that. I just don't. You don't know if Kevin Smith has been there. Well, you. You, it's probably pretty obvious from what you just described, but <laughs> I can't, I can't even see. Elise doesn't make dress shoes. I'm, that makes me so angry. Who doesn't make dress mm. shoes? No. The, you know, Heelys are stupid. Affect even what channels are available now. Mm. Yep. 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 Wow, we're those guys now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I Actually, that, that was, uh, you know, that was kind of an interesting exercise there at the end. Like, what, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, it's not without precedent. They had Muppets Treasure Island, you know, they had, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol. I mean, what classic story would they take on? That's that's an interesting mental exercise. The Terminator. They could do the Terminator. Oh, my God. Muppet Terminator. <laughs> Who would be the Terminator? The the bear. What was the bear's name? Um Bozzy. No, no, no. The 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 life size bear, the the hu- that was in the human costume. You know, or the human or the human size costume rather. Um God damn it, what's the name of that bear? He kind of talks like this and he's like, mm, I don't know, boss. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yes. I don't know his name, but yes. 
Because he's like should be Reese. Scooter should be Reese. (laughs) (laughs) Come with me if you want to live. Who 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 helped Doctor Bunce? It was Beaker. We need Beaker. Beaker (laughs) as uh, Beaker as the Terminator. I would love Beaker as the Terminator. That's that's a solid cast. (laughs) No, Beaker is basically indestructible. I, I don't understand. And you just go to slow motion. <laughs> I can totally Eager see. pulling out the. <laughs> I can yeah. totally see Dr. Bunsen Honeydew going, you can't be stopped. He doesn't feel pain. He can't be reasoned with. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. I almost think Swedish Chef yeah. would be better as uh, the Freddy Krueger character. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. I don't understand what you're saying. Rudy just starts throwing knives at him. Ah. Statler and Waldorf as the Grady twins. But no, I think the electric mayhem as the Cinnabites. Because yeah. you got the one chick Cinnabite. You got Dr. Teeth as Pinhead. Which you'd think he'd be Chatterbox, but no. No, Animal's Chatterbox. Animal's Chatterbox. And then Butterball would be uh, Zoot. Yeah, it's it, it casts itself. Wow. I, I understand why they did Sam the Eagle because they have a very similar delivery pinhead and Sam the Eagle, but that's it. The personality wise, it just doesn't work. Yeah, Sam the Eagle would be a better Captain Spaulding, frankly. Now I want to <laughs> see this. 